Ready to pop the question? The jewelers at BlueNile.com have got sparkle down to a science with beautiful lab-grown diamonds worthy of your most brilliant moments. Their lab-grown diamonds are independently graded and guaranteed identical to natural diamonds, and they're ready to ship to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Sarah and I have talked many times about our desire to age as gracefully as possible, and skincare is a huge piece of that. I spend a lot of time and money thinking about my skin and I have added Ritual to my routine, which just gives me a lot of comfort. Ritual is here for us. They have created a wrinkle support skin supplement and conducted clinical studies, so we know it's working. They're taking the guesswork out of skincare. Ritual Hyacera is one of several Ritual products that I love. I take the daily multivitamin, I take a probiotic, and Hyacera is that once daily skincare supplement that is clinically proven to reduce wrinkles and fine lines and increase skin smoothness in 90 days. I recently met a friend for the first time in person as opposed to online. And we were discussing the fact that I am 43 and she said, I cannot believe how young you look. And I thought, thank you Ritual for that. Start Hyacera to help minimize wrinkles without compromising on clean science. Hyacera from Ritual is a clinically proven skin supplement you can actually trust. Get 25% off your first month for a limited time at ritual.com slash pantsuit. Start Ritual or add Hyacera to your subscription today. That's ritual.com slash pantsuit for 25% off. A Supreme Court nominee? a new Bob Woodward book, and an anonymous editorial in the New York Times. The chaos presidency continues. This is Sarah from the left. And Beth from the right. You're listening to Pantsy Politics. No shouting, no insults, plenty of nuance. Welcome to another episode of Pantsuit Politics. If you are not yet subscribed to our email list, you need to get on it. We send a weekly email on Friday with articles and podcasts we're both interested in, insights into our personal lives, what we're what we're dealing with on a daily basis, as well as listener shout outs. It's just, it's chock full of goodness. So you need to go over to pantsuitpoliticsshow.com and subscribe to our weekly Friday email. We had quite a bit of feedback this week that we want to talk about, but first... There's just some things happening. There's some things happening, and we need to get into them. I've been dying to talk with you, Sarah, about all these things. You want to start with Brett Kavanaugh? Well, let me just tell you, I talked about this on our Instagram live feed, that I took my father to the Country Music Hall of Fame, so I was not paying attention yesterday. And then I rushed home and picked up my kids and had some errands, and I sat down. I was like, oh, I'll just check Twitter and see if anything happened. And everything happened while I was at the Country Music Hall of Fame. And it was very overwhelming to be reading about it all at once. Well, I would love to know how you're feeling about the Kavanaugh hearings from the perspective of someone who is a Democrat and is strongly affiliated with the Democratic Party, because they have really not taken this sitting down. 
I was listening to your nightly nuance on our Patreon feed about Brett Kavanaugh, and here's what I decided. I do not like conservative justices. I don't think that's going to come as a surprise to anyone. The more I look back over the the last few decades of the conservative court, I don't feel like it is a movement to to be sort of philosophically conservative as it is more to prop up business and chip away at individual rights. That's just how I feel. And I say that to say that doesn't mean that I would be opposed to all conservative justices or that I don't accept the reality that conservative justices will serve on the court and still perpetuate these priorities. I think what particularly bothers me about Kavanaugh in a way even Gorsuch didn't, I don't feel like Brett Kavanaugh is merely a conservative justice. I feel like Brett Kavanaugh is a partisan, and that bothers me. Well, I think that's true. I think that what a conservative justice is is up for debate, right? Mm -hmm. Because it's used in a way right now um, to suggest a judge who just calls balls and strikes, right? And -hmm. what the reality is, I think that there are activist conservative justices, you know, judges, judicial activists for causes that everyone is labeling Republican or conservative. And I do think that Brett Kavanaugh fits into that category more than the category of someone who is just trying to make decisions based on precedent and law. Mm -hmm. And I think that the Democratic senators, particularly Senator Harris, Senator Booker, have been doing a good job of making their voices heard. I am really hopeful, honestly, that Some of the interactions that Senator Harris hinted at, the things that Senator Leahy has been tweeting about, some of these seem important enough to derail the nomination. Should there be more information come to light? And maybe there isn't any more information. You know, the most hopeful part of me has not accepted that this is just a done deal. I think it's too chaotic in Washington for us to just accept the norms will play out as they usually do, because as we're going to talk about in a minute, there aren't many norms left in the current administration? Well, that's how it feels to me as an observer. I guess first I will say I I disagree with your characterization of all conservative justices as people who are interested in chipping away at individual rights for the benefit of corporations. Um, I, I think there is a, a valid judicial conservative philosophy existing out there in the world that is important and that has a place alongside justices who are more interested in advocating for those individual rights and for pushing the law beyond what legislatures have passed. I think a balance on the court is really important. And, and I do think there is a place for judicial conservative truly judicially conservative philosophy. I don't think that that's what Kavanaugh necessarily represents. I think that Kavanaugh's history shows a level of ambition that I'm just personally uncomfortable with. Now, I recognize that that's a harsh thing to say, and I've done some soul searching about that. Why does this make me so uncomfortable? It just does. And I'm not asking it to make anybody else uncomfortable, but it makes me uncomfortable. And as I watch this hearing and I see Senator Harris and Senator Booker and Senator Leahy um, rolling out insinuations of, of topics that are very incendiary, I just am hopeful that they have the receipts to back up mm-hmm. those claims because it it is it's scary to me a little bit to watch how this process is unfolding. It feels so shaky. And I'm grateful that people are taking it seriously and risking that because I do think it comes at such a unique and important moment in our history. 
as I said on the Nightly Nuance, I am I am so torn about this because I like norms and I like preserving norms. And I think even bad presidents get to appoint Supreme Court justices. That's how our process works. And and as I mentioned on the Nightly Nuance, if your reaction to hearing that is, but Merrick Garland, listen, I agree with you. And half from, from the moment Merrick Garland was nominated, President Obama had this prerogative too. And Merrick Garland should have been given a hearing and confirmed because that is the way our process is supposed to work. However, I do think that the investigation that's happening around this election and the fact of the Manafort conviction and the Cohen plea change the game. And I just don't think that this president at this moment is entitled to the typical deference. And so I I think they are right to be pushing every button on any nominee, Brett Kavanaugh or anybody else. I just hope that they know exactly what they're doing and have all of the evidence behind them to back it up. Because because it's this is just a really a tenuous time. Can we also talk about identity on the Supreme Court? Because that's as I watch the a Republican president nominate another white guy, and as I read the tweets about the representation within the Republican Party congressionally, and how you know the it's like forty. I, I tweeted the other day, I retweeted a, somebody from the Cook Report. It was like seventy six percent of congressional Republicans are white males, and forty one percent of Democrats aren't. It's dropping. Do you? This is a almost a rhetorical question because I'm pretty sure how you answer. But the doubling down on this to me is such an interesting approach. The we will just we just don't even care. We are the party of white guys and we're comfortable staying that way is so fascinating to me because to me, with as controversial as a president and as high stakes as a justice as you're as you're replacing as Justice Kennedy. To send somebody like Brett Kavanaugh up there is is a fascinating strategy. This show is sponsored by BetterHelp. Can I get something off my chest? Every day I feel a little pang of sadness. Because I think about Griffin going away to college. Y'all, he's a freshman in high school. This is not healthy or normal. This is why I have it on my list of things to talk to my therapist about. We all carry around these things. Big and small. When we keep them bottled up, it can start to affect us. Therapy is a safe space to get these things off your chest and to figure out how to work through whatever's weighing you down. If you're thinking about starting therapy, give BetterHelp a try. It's entirely online, designed to be convenient, flexible, and suited to your schedule. Just fill out a brief questionnaire to get matched with a licensed therapist and switch therapist anytime for no additional charge. You gotta get it off your chest. And you can get it off your chest with BetterHelp. Visit BetterHelp.com slash Pantsuit today to get 10% off your first month. That's BetterHelp, H-E-L-P dot com slash Pantsuit. We are special breakfast people here at Pantsuit Politics, but not just when Beth and I are on the road. The truth is I want something warm from the oven every Saturday morning and Sunday morning. It's just the truth. It makes it feel special, makes it feel exciting. I don't want to work at it. So the first time I ever saw Wild Grain, which is bake from frozen subscription box for sourdough breads, fresh pastas, and artisanal pastries, I was obsessed. You guys, I've been a member for over a year. It's amazing. It's so easy. Every item bakes from frozen in 25 minutes or less. No thawing required. 
You can fully customize your wild grain box. You can choose any combination of breads, pastas, pastries. You can even build a box of only breads, only pastas, or only pastries if you'd like. And for a limited time, you can get $30 off the first box, plus free croissants in every box when you go to wildgrain.com slash pantsuit to start your subscription. Sometimes I make one single croissant just for me because I want to feel special and they're so good. You heard me. Free croissants in every box and $30 off your first box when you go to wildgrain.com slash pantsuit. That's wildgrain.com slash pantsuit or you can use promo code pantsuit at checkout. Looking for the perfect gift to celebrate the moms in your life? Aura frames are beautiful Wi-Fi connected digital picture frames that allow you to share and display unlimited photos. It's super easy to upload and share photos via the Aura app. And if you're giving an Aura as a gift, you can even personalize the frame with preloaded photos and memories. You guys, I love my Aura frames. I have one in my office. I have one in my kitchen. I have given one as a housewarming gift. I have given one as Mother's Day, Father's Day. They are the most amazing gifts because this app is a game changer, in my personal opinion, in digital frames. It makes it so, so easy to get the pictures on there and even videos. It plays like you're in Harry Potter, you guys. It is the best. I love mine so much. And right now, Aura has a great deal for Mother's Day. Listeners can save on the perfect gift by visiting AuraFrames.com to get $30 off plus free shipping on their best-selling frame. That's A-U-R-A Frames.com. Use code Pantsuit at checkout to save. Terms and conditions apply. All the best people, you know, we we laugh about now. The president said, I'm going to get all the best people. The trouble is, I don't know that anybody pauses to think it looks like we're doubling down on white guys in an era when people are demanding greater representation. I think what they say is all the best people means the Wharton School of Business. It means Harvard and Yale Law School. It means having clerked for justices before. It means this host of experiences because we continue to tell ourselves that those are neutral and they're Mm -hmm. not neutral. It struck me as I was watching some of the Kavanaugh hearings. It's not just that Congress is not fairly representative. It's that the rows of people behind those members of Congress who work for them aren't fairly representative Mm -hmm. of the American people. It's that the gallery is mostly not fairly representative of the American people because all of these gating experiences are still, by and large, filled to the brim with white people and mostly filled to the brim with white people of tremendous means. Mm -hmm. And the people who stay around in those institutions long enough tend to be white men of tremendous means because they have the easiest path in those institutions. All of those things that we say are neutral qualifiers, the deck is stacked. And I'm not mad at any white men about that. But what I'm saying is if we want greater representation, it is going to require an intentional effort by those white men to redefine supposedly neutral qualifiers. And that is going to be a lot of work and a lot of generations of work. And the hardest part about it, all of these people who rail against identity as something we care about are holding on to identity too. It's just a different kind of identity. Yeah. But if I say to you, 
listen, Harvard, Yale, Wharton, et cetera, aren't truly neutral qualifiers, well, then that chips away at your perception of yourself as a really smart person, right? Mm -hmm. Or a person who worked exceedingly hard or a person who was able to achieve things that others weren't. We have this sense that it's diminishing to people who've done those things to acknowledge that those things aren't just open to everyone. So we're all doing identity. It's just what form of identity are we doing? And I think you're right that a more fair representation of the American public on the court, in the Congress, in the congressional staff is the only way that we're going to get past some of the circus that's unfolding. Well, and I think that's such a good way to put it. I mean, maybe we should all just stop saying identity. It's just representative. Isn't that what we're supposed to be is a representative democracy? Yes. Do we on, Do we honestly believe... Do we honestly believe, particularly let's just talk about Congress, that the only representation important to the future of our democracy is geographic de- representation? Honestly? do Is that what we think? Is we think that that's all that matters, is that we have diverse geographic perspective and that there aren't other... I mean, maybe some people do. Maybe some people think that's that's the only thing the framers intended, which, friendly reminder, the framers were only letting white property-owning males vote, so, you know... They weren't thinking about it. And I just think that 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 representative, the switch from talking about it to identity to representation, it shifts it from an adversarial mode of constructing the conversation to a just democratic and free way to think about how we want to govern ourselves. I hope so. I mean, I think the other thing is that there, There is, in greater representation, a greater representation of the things that you value in a hearing like this one. A lot mm-hmm. of the Kavanaugh hearing for me has been so fascinating to watch because, because it's sort of the culmination of people who want to preserve a sense of normalcy versus people who are saying, this is not normal. And it's mm-hmm. two kind of extreme manifestations of that, Right. And the, the folks who tend to make it into those rooms have a really rigid sense of what normal looks like. And some of that involves like this arcane motion practice. Watching the hearings, every instinct in my body was to pull out my mom voice and mm-hmm. say, listen, if you want to say something, you raise your hand and I'll call on you. And if you interrupt somebody else, I'm going to give you a look that makes you wish you hadn't. And you're going to say you're sorry. And then we're all going to sit and we're going to listen carefully. And we'll do this for the protesters in the room, too. You want to speak, you raise your hand, I'll call on you. Let's just all get our feelings out. Because clearly we're not going to be able to move on until we all get our feelings out. And we all have big feelings. We have very big feelings right now. We have big feelings and everybody's feelings count. That's okay. I will stay here with you until we all get our feelings out. And then we're going to decide how we're going to move forward here. Like... But that that is not the value proposition for most of the people who make it into those rooms. The value proposition for most of the people who make it into those rooms is I must preserve order because order is essential to my power. Mm-hmm. It's, not, it's one of my few weapons. Yeah. And, and mm-hmm. shields. It's both, mm-hmm. right? What I would love to do right now is walk in and just speak to every member of the Senate Judiciary Committee and say, you tell me one-on-one, what are you afraid of right now? Because hmm. I think if we could get to a good list of what everybody's afraid of, it would be really obvious what the next steps need to be. The whole idea that one side is 
particularly the Republican Party, is perpetuating this narrative of we're going to we're going to stick to the normal process, and this is just a normal process, and they're overreacting. Post Merrick Garland makes my head explode. It just makes my head explode. The hypocrisy in framing what's happening like that after what happened with Merrick Garland just. I just have to deep breathe through those feelings, through my big feelings about that. I just have to be honest. I think that's fair. Mm. Mm. I think your big feelings count. Thank you. I appreciate that. I also have big feelings about how right I was about this whole happiest toddler on the block needs to go to the White House post the anonymous editorial in the New York Times about the resistance to the Trump administration and how senior Trump administration officials basically see him as amoral and try to thwart his worst instincts. I just feel, and like there's all these editorial comics right now describing him as a baby and a toddler, and I just feel like I was a little bit ahead of this narrative, and I have big feelings about wanting credit for that. <laughs> Your big feelings are valid. Thank I think you. that this editorial combined with the anecdotes coming out from Bob Woodward's new book paint a very clear picture, not at all a surprising one. What I think plays to my emotions are the details. The 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 Gary Cohn, I just go in and take papers off his desk so he doesn't sign them kind of details. Ooh. Just work me into a new fervor that I have to kind of talk myself down from. And then where were these people when he they decided to just let him go out and rail about this? I guess there's just only so much they can do because that was not a great response when someone's portraying you as an emotionally unstable temper tantrum thrower for you to go out on live TV and throw an emotionally charged temper tantrum. Especially when he just gets so much wrong. It, just his it's, foundational understandings of things. He started talking about liable laws. Why doesn't Congress do something about these? Because Congress can't because they're state laws. You know, that's not the province of the federal government. Uh, it's not treason to speak badly about our president. It's a right we all have as Americans. You know, treason mm -hmm. is against the country, not an individual. It's, he just foundationally doesn't understand or respect, I think, what America is. And all of his reactions show that, and it just works this frenzy up even more, mm -hmm. you know. And and I I have thought at so many points over the last two years, have we not escalated to the, to the ceiling? Mm -hmm. But no, there are twenty floors above what I thought the ceiling was of escalation. I think we're falling through. I feel like we're falling down instead of going up. <laughs> I feel like I can't think the floor is any lower. I can't believe we – I think – when I think we can't sink lower, we find another basement. Um, I have been trying to push past my immediate reaction of I knew it. I knew he was this bad, and I feel good about being confirmed about how terrible he is. And thinking through the motivations and – desires of the people talking to Bob Woodward, of the people in the administration, and definitely the person who wrote this editorial, who I think we'll find out eventually. I mean, the speculation is fascinating, but I think the idea Politico wrote about this in their email that we're going to know who it is eventually. Like, there's no, there's, that's not a secret that can be kept. And I think it better be a high up Trump administration official for real, like somebody, at first I thought I, it's not somebody we all know, but then I thought if it's not, that's not going to be very good for the New York Times. I feel like the New York Times wouldn't have agreed to publish it if it wasn't somebody we really knew. Well, it's another high stakes game of poker, right? Because just like I think the the credibility of the United States Congress is on the line when you start to probe 
a Supreme Court nominee as Brett Kavanaugh is being probed. The integrity of of the New York Times as a representative, let's be honest, of of all establishment journalism is on the line with this editorial. So I've been trying to really think through what does this person want to accomplish? What do these people want to accomplish? And I think some of this is the establishment in Washington, D.C., the establishment within the Republican Party, the swamp, whatever you want to call it, realizing that he does not have their back, that be it funding the government or the NAFTA agreement with Canada or whatever these very high stakes, the trade war, high stakes policy that he's trying to play with, I think they're realizing like, we have to fight back about this. We have to make sure that he, like either that he understands that we're not going to go quietly into the night and that the public understands that we're trying. But as far as like, whether or not this is an electoral strategy on the part of the Republican Party. If it is, it's a bad one. I think the idea that you can he can screw something up so royally as shutting down the government or NAFTA, and you could be like, oh, we were trying to work from the back behind the scenes to limit the damage, but we knew he was a danger the whole time. No. The idea that, oh, well, we don't want to perpetuate a constitutional crisis. If members of the Trump administration cabinet are talking even quietly and privately about the 25th Amendment. We already have a constitutional crisis. It's too late. So I think the idea, you know, I think the narrative perpetuated should something like this go down is going to be the Republican Party establishment was willing to sell the soul of the country for deregulation and tax cuts. And I'm not sure how false that narrative is going to be. Honestly, because that's sure what the editorial sounded like to me. I think there's truth in that. I also think I've been trying to focus so much on the limitations of my own knowledge and understanding. And when I do that, I remember that I don't get death threats because of what we say on the podcast, like the people who work at The New York Times sometimes do or members of Congress sometimes do. So I don't fully appreciate what a scary proposition for our country it could be, will be, when there is a serious effort to remove this president. And I think that there are people trying to make these decisions who have a much more informed perspective on how dangerous instituting those processes can be. Now, I also say, and I do think I clearly understand how dangerous it is not to do that because mm-hmm. we've been living that. And and I did have the personal, intense, snarky reaction to this op-ed of it sure would have been cool for you to restrain the president from separating babies from their parents. So So I hear you and I get it. I'm just also trying to remember thinking about the, the person who wrote this, when their identity is revealed, will get death threats because that's where America is right now. There's all, The president is saying this person needs to be handed over to me at once for national security reasons. So as much as I want to be critical of someone like, hey, nice words, champ, can you actually do something? This was a this was a dangerous act for this person. 
And this person will suffer the consequences greatly when people know who who did it. Um, and and I get everybody out there who right now is going, don't care. They made their bed. They can lay in it. I, I get it. <laughs> I get it. I just want to be humble in approaching these circumstances because not everyone has the kind of conversation that we get to have on this podcast and that we get to have with our listeners. It is it's ugly out there and and this person did did take on some personal risk by doing this. What the motivation is, I have no idea. I I've come up with 50 theories so far. I'll have 50 more by the time this podcast lands. Today where I am is I think working in any bad situation is is a daily trauma. Mm. And and I think that Working in a bad situation affects our souls and our psyches more than any of us have fully appreciated. And I think this could just be the equivalent of going to therapy for someone. And and maybe that's just the beginning and the end of it. I would understand it if that's the beginning and the end of it. I don't think it's the end of anything with regards to the chaos within the Trump administration. That's for sure. But it can be the end of this section of the show of us discussing it for now. Next up, we're going to share listener feedback. Sarah and I have talked many times about our desire to age as gracefully as possible. And skincare is a huge piece of that. I spend a lot of time and money thinking about my skin, and I have added ritual to my routine, which just gives me a lot of comfort. Ritual is here for us. They have created a wrinkle support skin supplement and conducted clinical studies, so we know it's working. They're taking the guesswork out of skincare. Ritual Hyacera is one of several ritual products that I love. I take the daily multivitamin, I take a probiotic, and Hyacera is that once daily skincare supplement that is clinically proven to reduce wrinkles and fine lines and increase skin smoothness in 90 days. I recently met a friend for the first time in person as opposed to online. And we were discussing the fact that I am 43, and she said, I cannot believe how young you look. And I thought, thank you, Ritual, for that. Start Hyacera to help minimize wrinkles without compromising on clean science. Hyacera from Ritual is a clinically proven skin supplement you can actually trust. Get 25% off your first month for a limited time at ritual.com slash pantsuit. Start Ritual or add Hyacera to your subscription today. That's ritual.com slash pantsuit for 25% off. There's not much worse than a dry energy scalp. Also, when you get your hair colored and then it does not last as long as you and your stylist discussed, it could be that unfiltered, mineral-filled water is the culprit. Hard water is a leading cause of damaged hair and dry, irritated skin, and about 85% of the United States uses hard water, filled with dissolved minerals and added chlorine. That's where Canopy's new filtered shower head comes in. Canopy, known for their beauty hacks and reimagined humidifier, has revolutionized the filtered shower head. Dermatologists recommended this unique three-stage filtration system greatly reduces contaminants and odors in your shower water, leaving you with healthy hair and glowing skin. Best of all, the Canopy filtered shower head is hassle-free. Installation is a breeze, and its unique quick-release filter replacement feature allows for seamless filter replacement unlike any others on the market. Go to getcanopy.co to save $25 on your Canopy filtered showerhead purchase today with Canopy's hassle-free filter subscription. Even better, our listeners can use code PANTSUIT at checkout to save an additional 10% off your Canopy purchase. Hurry, your hair and skin will thank you. Do you want a bra that's sexy? 
or a bra that's comfortable. Thanks to Third Love, you can have both. Third Love was started to take all the frustration, ick, and ugh out of bra shopping. That's why they make solutions for every bra problem, aka problems. Their bras make it easy to bring back perkiness you haven't seen since high school, get smoothing you know where, and have straps that actually stay put. Designed at their headquarters in San Francisco and made from premium materials, they put every style through hours of wear testing on real women, including themselves, before it's given the stamp of boob approval. Comfort and support are guaranteed. Plus, whether you're a double A cup or an H cup, their virtual fitting room will help you find your perfect fit fast. And they've even invented half cups. No more feeling stuck between two cup sizes that don't fit right. It's time to get your problems solved. Visit thirdlove.com and get 15% off your order with code PODCAST15. So we had several pieces of listener feedback that we wanted to highlight today. Thank you all, as always, for being part of the conversation. First, we heard from Karen. This was in reference to a conversation we were having about positive and negative reinforcement. And Karen pointed out, when you say negative reinforcement, what you actually mean is punishment. Reinforcement increases behavior. Negative reinforcement is when removal of a stimulus increases behavior. Negative reinforcement occurs when a certain stimulus, usually an aversive stimulus, is removed after a particular behavior is exhibited. The likelihood of a particular behavior occurring again in the future is increased because of removing, avoiding the negative consequence. Negative reinforcement should not be thought of as punishment procedure. With negative reinforcement, you are increasing a behavior, whereas with punishment, you are decreasing a behavior. I found this so fascinating. I've been using this wrong my whole life. I love it that we just have this this crowdsource of experts to help us understand the world better. Thank you, Karen. I feel like Karen's right. I feel like everybody uses this wrong. And it was very helpful for me to understand, like, oh, okay. So negative reinforcement is when you're trying to increase a behavior. Like, it just... I love stuff like this. I love like kind of clarifications when you sort of see the matrix and that you've been talking, been using a word wrong the whole time. So thank you, Karen. Thank you for sharing. We also got a really good email from Maggie and she reached out about basically candidates and how she's feeling a little torn because the influx of new candidates is exciting and it's important. And she's not saying it's a bad thing, but she said... At what point do we talk about just being an outsider makes you a qualified candidate? She says, I think the shortcut of you care about politics, so you should be an elected official worries me, not because I don't think government office should be inaccessible for regular people, but because I'm worried that when you run a super underqualified candidate, I think that can backfire and reinforce the status quo. I'm writing because I feel conflicted. I'm curious to dig into this a little more. I do think that being a part of a political campaign for me has been a valuable experience to learn skills and learn about how our government works. It's given me a chance to work on having more reasonable expectations about what counts as good public service, and it's given me more grace for some of our elected officials, even if I don't particularly love their agenda. I think that's a good point. I mean, I think you have to be careful about even our our previous conversation about we want extra representation becoming the only fuel we need. We just want outsiders. We just want people who look different than our elected officials have looked in the past. We still want – it's still very important that the people be experienced and understand what public service – what is required of those who sign up for public service. 
I think Maggie's message is related to a message from Elle where she is talking about this outsider status. Um, and, and Elle is writing about the Oklahoma gubernatorial race. She said, essentially, Kevin Stitt, one of the candidates, wanted our vote because he is an outsider and that makes him a great candidate for the governorship. I understand that this is also what Donald Trump ran on and so it aligns with him with Trump. But can we take a minute to address the strangeness of this claim? You could never get a job as a CEO of a company by saying, I have no experience in business, but I'm successful in this other completely unrelated field, and that's why you should hire me, right? I would love your insight. Where does this idea of outsider equals the right fit come from? If you've addressed this, no, I'm not going to read that part. I mean, I think that's, I think it's it's like this very populist argument that is emotionally appealing, but I think it's so smart, and I'm so, and I'm so not surprised our smart listeners are thinking, but like, what does this mean is that always a good thing and also can i just say specifically to the the oklahoma governor's race what really really bothers me about the narrative of i'm a great businessman so i'll be a businessman so i'll be a great executive is i feel like the assumption underlying that argument is that business leaders are always the picture of efficiency and ethics and productivity it's like Oh, well, if you're from the private sector, that means you do nothing but succeed and make great, responsible decisions. And that really bothers me because that's not true. CEOs make terrible choices all the time. That's why Facebook and Twitter was, were in front of Congress the other day. Like, I don't understand where we where we adopted the just because you're in the private sector, it's a pure meritocracy and that, makes you, that means you make all the right decisions. Give me a break. That's not true either. Like, they, it's a it's a industry filled with human beings just like government is that make the same mistakes and fall prey to the same temptations. I think we want an easy way to have positive change in a circumstance mm-hmm. where there's not an easy way. Because the truth is there isn't a perfect resume for Congress and there shouldn't be. We're supposed to be a citizen government. So we should have some people who are total outsiders of the system. We need that. We need that perspective. We also need people who are reaching for something. I love to hire somebody who seems underqualified for a physician because people who have something to prove work really hard. Doesn't always work out, but you know that you're going to have somebody working really hard often. It depends on the person, though. There are people with loads of relevant experience to who I would never want to work for me because of who they are and how they conduct themselves and how they see the world. So I just don't think that there is a right answer to this question. I think that we are looking for an easy right answer. We don't like how it's doing. We don't like how things are going. So let's do something totally different. That's the thesis of a lot of Trump voters. I don't like how this is going. So let's try something totally different. Mm -hmm. Okay, well, we're trying it. I don't like how that's going either. And I think that we would have been better off examining the personal characteristics of Donald Trump than saying, well, he's a bomb thrower and this thing needs to be blown up. Similarly, I don't think that it necessarily means that a candidate with a lifetime of public service would be a great president either. It's more than what's on the paper. And and we just are going to have to do the hard work of paying attention and getting to know people (laughs) to vet these folks. The hard work of paying attention. I love that so much. It is hard, but important. So I think I'm I'm just proud of our listeners. I think they're asking very smart questions about some trends we're seeing in candidates and elections generally, and they're being very nuanced in their approach, and I hope they everybody keeps that up. I agree, and I think a nuanced approach to hiring is always necessary, especially hiring our public officials. Because think about it. 
Like you and I do this podcast together every week. Our whole lives and resumes are out there for our listeners. And some of the people who listen to this podcast know us better than people we interact with on the daily, right? Mm-hmm. We would be extraordinarily different as public officials by temperament alone, having nothing to do with our policy positions or our life experiences, which are also quite different. But if you've listened to this podcast for a long time, you can understand where we would be extraordinarily different and how we might get to some of the same places fairly often. It just requires getting to know people. And I think that that is so hard, especially around elections, when the entire universe is focused in on the presidency. But we would be in a really different situation if we looked at our members of Congress and said, huh, like maybe choosing the yard sign that spoke to me was not the right path in casting my vote here. (laughs) Maybe the NRA's endorsement didn't mean everything. Maybe knowing who Planned Parenthood backed was not the sole factor that I should have been deciding on. It's just hard because I don't want to deny that any decisions we make as human beings are driven by emotions. I think it's maybe we all fall prey to it and how to think more carefully through our emotions. Because, I mean, emotions are relevant, and I think your emotional reactions to candidates and their policy positions are relevant. It just can't be the end of the conversation. Right, right. Well, thank you as always for the feedback. I wish we had time to discuss every single message that we receive. I do want you to know that we read them and value them. We always want to be the beginning of the conversation, not the end of it. And so I hope to hear from you this week on social media, on Patreon, and through our email. We'll be back with you on Tuesday with a special episode to commemorate September 11th. We'll be in New York this weekend at the 9-11 Memorial so that we can prepare appropriately for that discussion. And until then, keep it nuanced, y'all. Pansy Politics is produced by Dylan Garvin. Elise Knapp is our production assistant. Dante Lima is the composer and performer of our theme music. Our show is listener-supported. Special thanks to our executive producers, Tracy Putoff, George Niedermeyer, James Randall, Cherry Haas, Nicholas Holland, and Chad Silvers. To support Pantsuit Politics and receive lots of bonus features, visit patreon.com slash pantsuitpolitics. You can connect with us on our website, www.pantsuitpoliticsshow.com. Sign up for our weekly emails and follow us on Instagram.